When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 23. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Midnight Drags. The power pop project of Lucas James has released their second record, entitled Bad Business. In today's episode, we talk about his songwriting technique, recording with an Iranian orchestra, and working with Stephen Curry on a children's record. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman and mastermind behind Melbourne band Midnight Drags. The band, who sound like a mix of T-Rex, Cheap Trick and Eskimo Joe, have just released their second record, entitled Bad Business. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Lucas James of Midnight Drags. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Very good. (laughs) That's good to hear. Now, uh, congratulations on the record, uh, which is out now. It's entitled Bad Business. Um, Thank you. It's the second full-length record from yourself, but it's the first under the the Midnight Drags uh, moniker. What was the catalyst between the change um, in between albums? Um, I think, that, well, the first album seems like forever ago now. It was probably, I think it was 2016 it came out. Um, and that was kind of just me messing around on a laptop in, in my kind of spare room. Um, so as cool as it was, and um, I'm really proud of that album, it was, it was um yeah, kind of me, me pressing every button and, and trying to play every instrument and trying to do a, do a bit of everything and wear every hat kind of thing, um, <laughs> which was great fun. But this time I, I kind of said to myself, look, next time I make, make an album, I, I want to work with a band and, and get together and rehearse and jam and play and figure stuff out and all that kind of stuff. And um, so that, that was really the, the main thing about this album was just working with, with great musicians and, and kind of seeing what how they would res- you know, react and respond to my, my songs and, and, and kind of make them the best they could be. So it um, was a really good process and I'm glad I got the chance to work with some fine, fine musician folk. <laughs> you, yeah. um, you did have a bit of an all-star lineup, uh, I guess, behind you or in the band, um, including Ash Naylor, who uh, helped uh, co-produce the album with you. What was it like having Ash... Um, I guess as as a co-producer, if you're wearing still wearing a few hats, you're still producing and playing. Is it helpful to have that kind of like a sounding board? One hundred percent. Yeah, he he was great. Um, he's you know not only musically knowledgeable, knows knows everything about every song. It seems um, he's a great musician 
fantastic musician, but a really good guy. He's just a, a really fantastic bloke. And um, to have him there to kind of help kind of guide the songs and, and shape the, the arrangements and sounds was um, it was fantastic. I, I, you know, the album would be completely different if, if it had been just myself or, or um, working with anyone else, I imagine. So he, he was he was a joy to work with and I'm, I'm lucky to have, um, you know, to have worked with him on this project. So, no, fantastic to, to be able to work with him. Of course. Uh, is there any chance that we'll see yourself and Ash and some of the other guys uh, out on the road touring the album at some point? Oh, look, no, I keep kind of saying to people, oh, look, it's a studio band. It's um, it's not really a live thing. But, you know, there's a big part of me that would love to get out and do it, do it, play it live and, and play some shows. Um, the, you know, the, the only downside of working with such talented musos, professional musos, is that they're out, they're always out and about with other projects and other things and actually you know, <laughs> playing with even or Paul Kelly or, you know, and, and, and Brett, Brett Wolfen and the drummers is playing with whoever he's playing with a million people as well. So trying to kind of get get everyone back together to, to, to get some shows in is going to be difficult, but it would be fun. So fingers crossed we can we can make that happen at some point. No, that would be very cool. Yeah, fair enough. It's I imagine it's kind of like trying to um almost like a bit of a Rubik's cube trying to align oh. everyone at the same time. So well, even trying to get people to get it to rehearse, you know, and 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 uh, <laughs> record was was. Difficult. I think it probably took almost, you know, eight months, a year, just to kind of work out dates and, and things to, to rehearse and then record. It's not just like you can say, hey guys, let's jam next week. Yep, done. It's, it's got a, it's months kind of in planning and preparation and booking and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that's, that's, that's all part of it and that's fine. You know, you, you want the, you want the best. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta wait. You gotta wait till, till your time is ready. So, <laughs> that's very fair that's that's very fair yeah. um with uh i guess record or planning for so long and then recording for so long as well i know that um some of the the songs themselves took years to write i guess once you've started this a certain song or part of the project and it comes to an end after such a long lengthy period of time how do you know like for yourself what was that um I guess the knowledge of of when a song had been finished or it had been it had reached its final point, as in me kind of me writing the song or working with working with the guys. Do you mean? I, like kind of like a combination, like from you sitting down and and writing um, one of the songs years ago, and then until you've uh, gotten to that point where you're like this this song is the song is done, whether it's at the end of mixing or mm. uh, whatever it may be. For you, like, when is the song? Um, when is the song complete? I'm not sure if I'm making sense of that. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. Yeah, um, I think for me, like, I write quick. I write pretty fast. When I when I'm kind of in the zone, I just, you know, generally. I mean, there's exceptions, but generally, when I write songs, it's pretty quickly. I kind of just I'm inspired, and things just happen quickly. And I'm, I've got the guitar and a pad and paper, and I'm kind of just re- little recording device, whether it's my phone or whatever. Um, so I kind of know, and, and look, sometimes it might take hours on a good set in time, you know, you write a song quickly in a couple of hours, other times it might take a week or, or a little bit longer, but, um, I just, I know once, once, once I've kind of fleshed out the chords and, the, and hummed a melody and figured all that out, jotted down some lyrics, 
ran through it a few times, made a couple of adjustments on the words here and there or melody. That's it. It's done. Like I'm, I'm kind of when the song is when I've written that song, it's it's essentially finished. Whether that was uh, you know, as I said, a couple of hours or a couple of weeks, sometimes a couple of months, even worse, a couple of years has <laughs> happened before too. But generally, it's pretty quick. So that's it for me. When when that when I've kind of put the pen down and um, you know, turned off the the little recorder on my phone, it's kind of it's finished. So. The next step then of, of kind of getting together and, and rehearsing and, and, and jamming and recording, um, that's more about kind of just, just fine-tuning the arrangement, um, you know, the parts. Um, the song is kind of already there. The, the bass is there. The chord progression's there. It doesn't really get changed. The melody doesn't really get changed. Lyrics, generally, no. I mean, a word a word could change here or there while, while you're recording if something just doesn't feel right or, or you think you've come up with something better, maybe, but generally, look, 99% of the time, once I've kind of, at the time of writing, it's done. When, when I've kind of decided that it's finished, it's it's all done then and there. <laughs> I think that's probably a, um, a good way to do it instead of kind of not stewing over it, but, but having it kind of second guess over a longer period of time. It's good to be concise in that short time period. 100%. I'm going to excuse my... Little buddy, yep. <laughs> to say hello. That's all good. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious um, with your songwriting because the the album itself is quite upbeat and um, and it's quite uh, there's a bit of glam rock, there's a bit of like garage rock, there's a bit of fuzz, um, but the lyrical content itself is is quite dark. It's quite hidden underneath um, <laughs> uh, some of the more yeah upbeat musical aspects of the album and it covers depression, incarceration, um, drugs and a few other things. When you're sitting down to write these songs, do you kind of sit down with the intent or with the idea of, oh, this is going to be about that or is it that you write it and then later on it reveals itself to be about uh, the, the subject matter, I guess? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny the way songs kind of evolve. Um, I think I think generally... Musically, I write kind of up-tempo stuff, like, like as in, I don't know, kind of melodic, you know, generally quite melodic and, and, and um, I don't want to say catchy, but, you know, kind of, like, yeah, melodic's the best word I kind of like to, <laughs> to use with my stuff. Um, so often it'll be a melody, you know, I'll, I'll have... I'll have start with some chords and just, just humming a melody and, and figuring out a bit of a tune that'll go over a certain progression. And often the words will 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 be formed through the the, the kind of the the random melodies and and kind of um, uh, what do you call it? Just um, really um, uh, what's the word? Not humming, but I'm um, just kind of mouthing sounds. You know, I'm just kind of trying to come up with something that sounds really good. And often from there, it will a word will spring out. Little, little kind of kick off a, an idea, another idea, and, and, and the song will kind of, uh, you know, the lyrics will kind of start from there. Other times, yeah, look, there, there will be an idea in my head that might be, I haven't, I haven't put to music yet, but it's just there and then I'll be playing around with it and then that, that idea that I had about a song or, or person or me or will, will feel like it fits this, this, this melody or this, this feel. Um, so there's no kind of one one way I do it, but, you know, um, more often than not, <laughs> more often than not, it's, it's 
kind of a melodic idea first that um, springs into a into some kind of lyric writing after that once I've got a, a feel for the the tune, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. It's, sometimes it's very hard to describe, actually, but, but if that, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> it's like describing um, lightning in a bottle. It's, it's yeah, it, it, sometimes it is difficult to, to describe that kind of experience. It is, and sorry, it don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most recent single, um, It's True, I Can't Stand Myself, is it's, it's a bit of a glam rock uh, stomper, if you will, um, but it, it does, as, as we mentioned, that some of the lyrical content, it's about, it's a bit self, uh, self no, sorry, self-loathing. Um, where did the, I guess, what was the idea behind this song? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, again, see, that, that one seems so quite a, a long time ago that I... I can't even remember how that started. If it was kind of the idea, the idea sprung from the melody. If it kind of was just playing around with with melodic ideas and, and feel, filling the gaps or putting words into into those melodic ideas, or I might have even had, I might have even had the line, you know, just the, the title, you know, or, or I can't stand myself. That that might have been in my head, and I kind of might might have, you know, squeezed that into the. The melodies that I was I was putting together, I think, for that song. But uh, again, that 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 was a song that I, th- I think one of the older songs on the album, possibly three or four years ago. And and like I've said to people, that just seems like a lifetime ago now. <laughs> anything <laughs> anything pre twenty twenty is just almost like what 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 was going on. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know terrible answer, but I think it was it, it was probably a just the phrase, I think. Just the phrase, I can't stand myself. Probably turned it, morphed into the, you know, the the song after I've been playing around with the with the chord progression. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you are recording songs like this in your own music, um, as I said, the 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 record, it's um, there's like little touches of um, T Rex and Cheap Trick. Uh, for yourself, listening to those kind of like classic record, classic rock records and having them um, as like, I guess, maybe like a touch point or an influence when you're recording, how do you, I guess, both play like a bit of like homage to those bands, but also keep it your own and, and put your own spin on it? Yeah, it's uh, a good question. Um, I mean, I, I actually don't ever try to... Um, you know, I guess 
write in 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 that in a style or say I want I want to specifically sound like I want this to be you know this to be kind of in this style or this to be maybe come mixing I might have a bit more of an idea of, of you know an effect I might like on a, on a guitar or a vocal or something that that might harken back to you know a seventies you know uh, power pop track or glam rock track or something but yeah I don't I, I when I'm writing or even kind of recording I'm not really thinking about um, emulating or, or even I think it's all subconscious, I guess is what I'm saying. It's, if, if something's kind of come out in the way a song's written or put together um, or a part's played, it's, it's definitely a subconscious thing, which I always, yeah, I'll always go for that rather than, rather than saying let's, let's put in a, you know, a T-Rex style, <laughs> you know, here or, I, mean, I think it, I think it's all all subconscious, and if it if it comes out and it sounds like that, cool. But I'd I'd rather th- I'd rather that way than kind of plan you know planning it into um, to sound that way. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. That that makes sense. Um, as a side gig or like as your day job, you produce music. Am I am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my own studio, and um, yeah, record and and produce and mix local artists and, and singer songwriters and stuff. So, you know, I love, I love doing that. I love working with, um, you know, talented people and helping them work songs up and, um, you know, I'll bring in musicians into their sessions, you know, I'll bring Ash, you know, in for sessions or, or, or Wolfie, um, to come in and play instruments on, on, you know, the artists I'm working with, which is great fun. So yeah, that's, that's something I love doing and, you know, we'll, we'll continue hopefully to, to do, you know, regardless of, of me making music, it's, I love helping people, um, make, make their own too. So it's a big, big part of what I, what I am now, which is fantastic. Do you find that, um, I guess the exposure of, uh, so many acts or so many artists to yourself helps maybe not necessarily influence, but like inspire you in terms of your own music as well, where you can kind of not, take little bits and pieces, but yeah, it, it helps drive you doing what you want to do. Definitely. Definitely. I think working with, you know, such a diverse, you know, clientele. I mean, just last week I had a, um, an Iranian composer in the studio with, with his partner and they write, write songs. Um, these kind of Persian, amazing Persian, um, songs. And he came in with, um, these kind of backing tracks that he'd had a Iranian, orchestra play that he'd written and then his his friend um sang in farsi to these beautiful songs and it was it was just a moving experience this was beautiful i wasn't quite sure what they were saying but musically and emotionally i was connected and um you know and then you know a week later i might have a you know a rock band in playing you know thrashy kind of metal you know so yeah i'm influenced all the time by the by my you know, the people who come in and the music they're making. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's inspiring to hear what people are coming up with, you know, locally. It's, it's fantastic. Melbourne's great in that sense. There's a lot of, lot of, um, a lot of variety, which, which makes that, you know, that job really interesting for me. Yeah, I can, um, I can, well, I, I, years and years ago, I used to live in Melbourne. Um, and the music scene over there is just incredible. It's, it's, I feel like any corner you kind of go around, as you said, you can go from Iranian orchestra to thrash metal to folk to whatever. It, it's it's all kind of uh, funk. You know, there's a funk scene which is really really fun, yeah. and R and B, which is cool. Yeah, 
Weird place. <laughs> um, Lucas, one of the things we usually uh, discuss on our show is, I guess, records that um, that our guests have loved or are currently loving. Is there, as a, as a two-parter, I guess, is there one record or a few records that you're currently really digging at the moment? And then as a second part, was there any record that got you through lockdown or that kind of got you through the last year? Um, I'm just having a quick little check of my Spotify recent um, plays <laughs> because there is a band, it's a band I've just found out about. It's a band called Rival Sons. They're a rock band, American rock band. And um, I've been listening to some of their stuff in the last couple of weeks and it's fantastic. It's, there's an album called Feral Roots, which they put out in 2019. Um, I just had to look up the name. But um, they're great. You know, it's kind of modern rock, um, but bluesy and um, almost kind of some Black Keys type um, vibes going on. So that's been really cool. Uh what else? During lockdown, I mean, I've got a little record player and a, and, a, and a decent record collection, so I just listened to a lot of old stuff um, during lockdown. Played played daggy old jazz records for my family and made them listen to that and, you know, told them why this was so good and this, you know, Charlie Parker was amazing because, uh, you know, this and that. So, yeah, look, no, I, I love love old music, love kind of old, you know, big band as well, kind of 40s and 50s kind of stuff but yeah i'm just trying to think what else apart from that rival sons i can't really think of anything else that's really been floating my boat too much just could we um could we expect a possible big band or a jazz album from yourself at some point (laughs) good question i'll say no probably not (laughs) no probably not it would be i like the idea i like the idea but um geez I found it hard to get, you know, three or four guys in the studio to work on my stuff. Imagine trying to get, you know, 15 or 20 trying to sort that out. It'd be plenty hard. But um, good question. Yes, good question. be fun. be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think a big band album, uh, if you were to, to track it individually, I think that's probably too much work, too much of a brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing every part separately, yeah. No, it'd have, yeah, no, no. have to be all in together, squeeze them all in. Uh, but yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, look, who knows what the future holds? We could possibly see something like that. I know um, very quickly. Uh, I know. That I think you're also working on a on a children's album with Stephen Curry. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, it was a good friend of mine, Stephen. We're actually in the studio today, finishing off some stuff. Um, we um, yeah, we got we got together. He had this idea for a, a children's story. He'd written this this book, and um, a couple of years ago. And he said he wanted to make, he liked the idea of making a song for one of the characters. So he said, oh, do you want to help me out? So I said, oh, great, come in, come to the studio and we'll work on something. And we, we wrote this song and um, we had so much fun, we just didn't want to stop writing. So we just kept kept writing these kids songs that weren't related to the book. We said, let's just write some kids songs and, and see what happens. So we've got this bunch of probably about 10 or so kids tracks that we're kind of just, we're not sure what to do with, um, but they're sitting there ready to go in some way, shape or form. And then um, we had so much fun doing that. We said, let's actually just write some other songs, just some more adult-orientated um, comedy-type songs. So we've got probably 10 or so songs that we've written together for this more adult, you know, um, comedy album. So, so yeah, we've had a lot of fun doing that. I'm not sure where it'll lead and what, what we're <laughs> kind of doing with it, but um, we've had a laugh at the very least. 
in these very silly songs. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get to hear at some point. Yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, see what happens when uh, both, both records, both projects are kind of released and, and how they go. Um, Lucas, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate uh, yourself coming on the podcast and um, and congratulations again on the album. Thanks, Simon. No problem. Great to chat to you and take care. And that's our show. Thank you again to Lucas James from Midnight Drags. The new record, Bad Business, is out now. We've included a link in the show notes to their Bandcamp, where you can buy the record. We also want to give a quick shout out to Fiona at On The Map PR for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our playlists. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.